all you reinventors. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm the founder of this podcast. And I wanted to say thank you all for listening. Um, we have just uh, crossed the 100,000 barrier and uh, of downloads, which is huge, considering that most podcasts poop out at around 14 episodes. And we're well over 150 now. And we continue to explore and find out what's new and what's interesting out there and bring you women who are really doing something different or have figured out how to navigate that path forward. Um, no matter how hard it is, they bushwhack their way to happiness, which is hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy, but it can be done. Today, we're talking to Jessica Joins, who's the founder at Women's Purpose Community. And she's an author and a motivational speaker and a spiritual executive coach. And what I love about her is that she was on that treadmill, girls. She was out there. She was doing it. She was whacking it. And guess what? Like so many people, not just women, but men as well, she got to a point in her late 30s and then around 40 and said, why? What am I doing this for? Um, yes, it's providing a great life for me. And yes, I'm paying my taxes and I'm able to support myself. All that stuff's important. It's not, not unimportant. But is there something else? And she ended up taking a trip around the world when she was let go from a job and she found her purpose. And I won't spoil it for you because it comes out in our conversation, but she really talks about how to separate what your brain is telling you versus what your heart is telling you. And I think those of you also who chose a career maybe in your twenties because you had to pick something, but never really felt that kind of passion or excitement, um, or luckiness to be doing what you did every day will relate a lot to what she's talking about. Look, not everybody gets um, to wake up every morning and be excited about work. It just, you know, it doesn't happen that way. Um, but that doesn't mean it can't happen for you now. And that's what I love about my discussion with Jessica. So here she is. So welcome, Jessica. I'm so glad to meet you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about you are one of those escapees from the big life. And I think <laughs> people are always fascinated by that. Like, how can you get off the, you know, off the podium? Um, for many of us, it's actually getting off the treadmill, but there is a podium there as well. And out of the loudspeaker. So let's talk a little bit about um, what you used to do, um, and then we'll go back and talk about your history. Yeah, but, so yeah, I grew yeah. up in the advertising industry, right? And hindsight's always twenty twenty. And of course, like once you make a transformation in your life, you look back and you get all these insights, right? But for me, I fell into advertising. Uh, it was a very, what I call like survival mentality level of a decision, right? I was in college. I thought, oh, what could I be good at? What could I do um, that could make me some money, right? And that's literally how I stepped into it. It wasn't about what I love or what my true passions are, which, you know, is the kind of aha realization I've had later on in my life about what you should anchor your life to. So 
20 years in advertising, my most recent, you know, corporate job, I was the global CMO of Rakuten Marketing, their technology. Oh my division. God, that's yeah. huge. Oh yeah. my God. For somebody who was like, eh, yeah. you know, let me, let me see what I can do. That's yeah. incredible. You must've, I mean, did you, you must've liked it at some point along the way and but it wasn't you know, your heart's calling. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it wasn't my heart's calling. You know, I, it, I, I liked it, but it was nowhere near love uh, whatsoever. So um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's like a lot of your listeners can probably relate. Sometimes we yes. just get into life and we start going through the motions and we wake up for me, I was about 40 at the time and go, what is, what is this life I'm living? You know, I'm, right. I'm kind of getting up and I'm doing this. Yeah, it's great. It's whatever, but it was not deeply fulfilling for me in the way that my soul was craving to be fulfilled. Um, and what did what did you um, what was your family background? Where did you grow up? And and were your was your family in marketing? Is that why you picked that? No, or? not at all. You know, I grew up in the Bay Area, and I was always a creative person. I was always drawn to you know at a young age to things like uh, film and entertainment and. Uh, I didn't go to film school because it's, that seemed, you know, the story in my mind. And that's what I, you know, spent a lot of time talking about is the fear-based stories in my mind, our stories, of limitation that block us from our true potential. Mine was like, oh my God, that's hard. You'll never succeed at it. You know, it was all these kinds of things. Oh, what's it, what's a compromise? What's like a safe choice. And for me, it was a very analytical decision to go the marketing advertising route. So interesting. A lot of people end up in law that way. Yeah. Yeah. Law seems to be the other thing people just grab for. I know a lot of people in law who some of them earlier than others figure out it's not for them. And yeah, uh, yeah it's a, it's interesting. And, and you're so young. How can you possibly know what it is you really want to do? Yeah. Well, and I think the younger generations are starting to get a bit right. You, you know, look, it's not a new saying to say, do what you love, but most of us don't do it. That's the thing. And I That's know women, in, right. Women in my generation, we all kind of did the same thing. It's like what, you know, it's a skills-based approach. What am I good at rat, you know, takes precedence often over what I love. Right. And, you know, you start anchoring a decision around that. It's, you know, what's a viable career, right? Like what's a good industry to go to. It's very much, um, you know, what I refer to as this survival consciousness approach to what I'm going to do with my whole life, which is like the wow. most sacred decision you can make, right? <laughs> like, yes, yes, yes. But we just kind of approach it from this, you know, not really tuning into what we truly love. And I believe like what we truly love is unique to us. So, you know, the, the spoiler alert of the whole story was at 40 years old, I, I started, you know, to try to figure out what that was. And you know? what caused that, what caused that awakening? Did you have a physical issue? Did you have a relationship issue? Did anything in particular? Cause we know 40 is, there's no special thing about 40. Mm -hmm. The day you're 39 and the day you turn 40, it's not really, I mean, yeah, you know, there's no barrier that you have to cross, but I mean, it does make you think about mortality and you know how much longer do I have to make my mark but was there was there anything in particular that happened yeah there were a few moments and again going back on that hindsight being 2020 right a, a lot more makes sense now but my truth is and you know I believe in speaking my truth it's what I'm about is you know even in my 20s when I stepped into you know ad agency career that's where I started you know I didn't love it and I I would have thoughts like wow like 
what are we all doing? Like, is this my, is this my existence? I get on the train, I go to work, I do this job in this cubicle. It's kind of okay, but it's kind of like the same thing day in, day out, you know? And for a long time, you know, you kind of look back at my resume, I moved almost every two or three years. And, you know, it's like, I was seeking to find that place that would make me happy, not realizing it was an inside job. But uh-huh. um, when I was, so there's a few key moments. When I was 36 at this time, I was living in New York City, had made the move from California because that's where agencies are headquartered. I was working about 80 hours a week. I was total burnout, right? And I was definitely starting to have health mm-hmm. challenges. Uh, uh-huh. I had a gift. I was laid off as part of a you know bigger layoff. And right. at that time, I felt you know, kind of so miserable actually, and really, you know, trapped in this thing called life that I I couldn't like see a door or a way out of in terms of how to make changes that would result in greater happiness. And so I actually took a year off and I traveled for a year by myself. Wow. Yeah. All through Southeast Asia. I spent time volunteering in some orphanages. Yeah. Real soul discovery um, journey. And it was it was a bit of a spiritual journey too. And during that time, I think I was in India at this point, uh, a message really started to come through to me in meditation. And the message was the truth in your heart is more real than the one you see. The truth in your heart is more real than the one that you see. And I later interpreted that to me that I had long been ignoring like dreams, wants, true desires in my heart, because I was you know, not believing they were possible, you know, for a variety of reasons, you know, the limiting stories in my own mind and otherwise. And um, when I came back at that time, I did start uh, a company uh, with a partner of mine, uh, a business partner of mine, but still in marketing and started to really start to explore and get curious about um, you know, what I potentially loved. Um, it was a, it was like a one step forward, two step back type of journey. Sure. But by the time, um, you know, through that journey, I got offered this huge job at Rakuten and took it. And, um, it was a few years into that job where I just, you know, it wasn't a physical challenge at this point, but it was just, um, it, it, it was really just a, a kind of slow realization where I just said, you know what, like, I don't want to do this for another 20 years. Uh, yeah. It's nice. Uh, right. It's fine. But there was this deep thing in me, you know, I used to say, I'm like, I want what people, there's these people out there, you see them and they're waking up every day and they're like, genuinely can't wait to like, they love what they do. They can't believe they're they're getting paid to do that. Oh I yeah. I want that. I want that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was just a calling within, you know, that's yeah. my, that's my answer on it. But you know, there's a couple key moments in the journey for sure. That's cool. And so, so then, so how long were you at Rakuten and then how did you leave yeah. there? Yeah. So I was there for about two and a half years. And again, this was like another, you know, I look at it as gifts from the universe, right. you know, like my layoff, I'm like, wow, you know, four or four or five years earlier was such a gift in hindsight. Yes. yes. And this one with Rakuten, you know, um, I was working in New York. Um, it, Rakuten had bought a building in back in the Bay area, you know, next to Salesforce and, you know, Rakuten's owns a lot of companies in the U S and, the thought was at the time they wanted, and I was on the executive team, right? You know, as a C-level employee globally, they wanted all the C-suite of every single company in the U.S. to move and be in this one building together. And for me, I knew I'm an adventurer in life. You know, I grew up there. I'm like, I do not want to go back home. (laughs) Like I knew that that was not for me. And it really helped me 
evaluate things and, and make the decision like, you know what? And I'm not loving this, like I'm leaving. So I left. Mm. So I left. Yeah. And dove really, you know, headfirst into my sole purpose journey. So now did you prepare for that on the side? Were you putting away money? I mean, what are the practical things about yeah. launching your own thing? And you had never done your own thing before or you had? I had, I had, but with a business partner, I had a consultancy. So again, this, my, my initial um, idea for my sole purpose. And again, when I think about sole purpose, it's about like, where are you feeling the deepest resonance? Where is your heart calling you? It's not a figure it out journey for me personally. But on the practical front, like, yeah, I, you know, I had been putting money away for a while. I was in a pretty good place financially on that front. Um, my idea of what I thought I was going to be doing, though, it's not what I'm doing today is, you know, stepping into more business as a force for good and really, you know, leveraging my experience as a marketer, but going and, you know, doing marketing work with companies that were really purpose-driven. And so, you know, on the side, yes, I had started to have some conversations and was able to start that um, version of my sole purpose business with a client when I, by the time I launched it. And so talk a little bit about what the business is and what you do that's unique. Yeah. Well, it's completely different today than what I launched with, you know, I quickly, okay, well, yes. yes, I know. I yeah. know. So today pivot, I pivot, yeah, yes. pivot, pivot. So, um, and again, I, I think the takeaway is once you start really following your personal resonance can, you know, kind of following where your heart is guiding you, um, a lot starts to unfold that you might not expect. And because you're kind of in the dance, you're in the dance of finally putting, you know, I'm going to solve this like an equation kind of energy aside and allowing yourself to go with the flow a bit that a lot of magic I think can unfold, at least it has for me. So the purpose consultancy quickly turned into um, a business where I'm working with helping women, you know, female empowerment, right? And so today I help women live their best lives, step into their highest potential, not from a place of success, but from a place of happiness. So um, there's three elements of my business today. Uh, I am a coach, but I have um, a leadership community called the Women's Purpose Community. That's really a sanctuary for high-powered women that are, you know, committed to um, purpose and transforming their own lives. And I do um, retreats uh, as well, intimate, really personal development um, retreats for for women year-round as well. And are those all in California? I see that you do a lot of your work in, was it the LA area? I'm, I'm based here, but the Women's Purpose community, um, actually my highest number of members are from the Atlanta area. So I have women from all over the Atlanta. country. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I had my first Women's Purpose retreat in 2018 and it was uh, at a venue in Atlanta. So, um, it, you know, what I'm doing and, and the message just really took off for a lot of executive women in that area. There's a lot of great companies there and what have yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I found that too. I found when I was running women's magazines, we would always look to the same California and New York and ignore the rest of the markets, which was so crazy. It was like, why do we think women are different in Dallas? <laughs> They're not, they need the same things and want the same things, but we never go there. Yeah. We have Texas well-represented. We have women from Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio that are oh, part of the community. That's um, great. So women from all over the country and look, COVID times, you know, yeah. uh, had my first in-person retreat actually just this last fall after, you know, a two-year hiatus roughly, right. but um, we've always done them at different, different parts, different areas in the country. So there are a lot of women's groups out there. What makes you 
different? I mean, you're talking about the spiritual and how do you speak about that? That makes you different. Yeah. So part of the women's purpose community is it is women who are really wanting to do the courageous work of self-discovery, um, self-development, uh, self-awareness, uh, that's really at the core of it. Um, it's a community that 100% embodies vulnerability. So if you come to one of our community gatherings or retreats, you will see women sharing very vulnerably. You will see tears. You will see a lot of heartfelt support for one another in their journeys, wherever they are and whatever they look like and across all areas of the life. You know, we talk about work as much as we talk about home. It's really about the whole self. But um, yeah, core of, of me and my, you know, my purpose, if you will, is helping women understand from a zoom out perspective, because I think it really helps you navigate life in a much better way. You know, you can call it the spiritual or life journey that we're all on that is expressing differently in each of our lives, you know, choose your word spiritual or life. It makes no difference to me, but that's that we're all having this experience um, you know, with what I call, you know, the ego, right? The voice of fear in our heads that acts as the voice of reason. And that is all telling us we're limited or we're not good enough or um, what you want isn't possible. And most of us are anchored in believing in that voice of fear that presents itself as the voice of reason in our head more than we are the truth in our heart. And so life is really about navigating that and hopefully, you know, shifting from, you know, being more in what I'll call fear alignment to more of, you know, a possibility alignment or a love alignment. Do you feel like fear is what guided you for a long period of time? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And how did you, how did you figure that out? Was that yeah. conscious? Were you conscious? That no, it was fear? when you're in unconsciousness, you're in fear. That's the thing. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, a hundred percent. And look, this is all hindsight reflection, but sure, sure. A, a lot, you know, every decision I had made in my life was believing in limitation more than possibility. Right. So when I, you know, was 36, right. This kind of before I did that year travel and I felt completely trapped in my job. I wasn't like owning my power of choice to create the life I want. You know, I was, you know, believing that, you know, the kind of only option is really to have one of these corporate careers that I didn't love. You know, the thought of like going out and doing something yeah. on my own was like, oh my God, no, you fail at that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Um, it was really fascinating because, you know, the, this message was really reflected back to me really recently. I was, I was watching um, Oprah's interview with Will Smith on his new autobiography. And he said, when he started looking at his life, he realized it was a journey from fear to love. And, and that's, huh. what, that's what we all do, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We're all moment to moment, you know, kind of, you know, whether we're aware of it or not, kind of battling, you know, that voice in our head that's, you know, seeing the glasses half empty, right? Telling you that's not possible, kind of not realizing that, you know, life is happening for you, not to you. And as you start to really step into self-awareness, a world of possibility opens up to you. And you see that you can create whatever life you want, that you're not being limited ever um, when you start to step into your empowerment of choice. Now, when you look around at women who are on that treadmill and are afraid to get off, what are the signs that you would say, A, that they should get off, but they convince themselves, you know, oh, I've only got 10 more years. I've only got 15 more years. I can't risk it. I can't risk the money issue. I can't risk all that stuff. And what are the signs, you know, what are they saying to themselves that might prevent them 
from actually seeing it the right way? And how do you, and how do you reach, how do you reach beyond that? Yeah. Um, well, I would say like, if it's moved to your body, so if you're starting to have actual like uh, health challenges, uh-huh. like you've been sitting, you've been ignoring <laughs> something for sure. a long time. Sure. Right. Um, sure. and, and look, if, if you're having the story that, well, I can just get through this 10 years or, um, my happiness doesn't matter. Right. What I would say to you is just start getting curious about your voice of your heart, because it's there speaking to you too, and get curious about what it's saying to you. Because at that point, you're really believing the story in your head, right? More than you are in the heart. So I do this practice with women. I say, it's called like being a curious detective about your Mm -hmm. personal resonance and just start observing, right? Like, you know, the kind of anything that's coming from fear, limitation, or negativity, what that story is, but then also start getting curious about, well, what, what, what might your heart be saying to you too about this? Because in my experience, you know, if there is a desire to not want to do that for 10 years, right? Like, and that's coming from your heart, you will be supported in that, but it does require you to have a little bit of belief and take a little bit of action tied to that belief. What have you seen? Can you give any, you don't have to give names, but have you, what have you seen women do that surprised you that moved them out of that? you know, you pains the portal. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, once we get into enough, you know, if it's physical pain, right. You know, you're starting to have health or just emotional pain. That's really pains the portal to awakening. Um, I wish it wasn't that way, but that's normally the way that it works. And so, I mean, look, I'm working with a number of women right now that, you know, well into, well into their fifties, been with certain careers or jobs for a long time and decided they wanted, they wanted to create a new chapter of reinvention for themselves that they weren't going to let, you know, the the kind of age story, any of that be an issue, uh, have walked away and are now really, you know, stepping into their own sole purpose work. Some taking, you know, a job with a company that's doing a lot more, um, you know, purpose-driven kind of work Uh in the world and others stepping into and creating their own businesses, right. Around ideas that they have of how to, um, make the world better. And again, all these ideas. Um, and again, if, if you've been shut off from really even thinking about what do I really want, right. What do I really love? that can be a process to open that up. And so this curious detective process, you know, is something that I usually have women start with, unless they're saying, you know what, deep down, I've always wanted this, but I just haven't thought it's possible. You know, that was a little bit of where I was in the journey, but yeah. And it's fantastic to watch. It's fantastic to watch people to start to make the switch from, you know, what I want is unique to me. It's there because it's something that's meant to be honored, right? It's meant to be pursued rather than this, what I call, you know, figure it out from a place of limitation belief approach to life. What were you, would you say, what role does age play in any of this? I don't know that it does. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know that it does. I, you know, I started when I started stepping this work, I primarily was working with women around the same life stage as me, forties and fifties, but since then, you know, I've been working, you know, I think the younger generation are, are, you know, not to use this, the kind of trendy word, but are more woke a bit to this issue. So I've been having women in their twenties and, you know, thirties approaching me 
just from a different level of awareness of in there, they're saying all the things I was feeling. I just didn't see a way out. Like I felt very much, I had the idea in my head, if I want success, if I want money, I got to go this, you know, traditional right. corporate route. Right. And they're just not willing to, to do it. You know, they're not willing to, you know, have life, you know, entire life be about work and, you know, the way, uh, the way at least I worked <laughs> when I was in that era. And they're, they're, they're much more woke to the notion of purpose, which is life. Yes. You know, I have a, I have a unique calling. It's, it's about what I love and have a passion for, um, and let that lead and what you're good at will fall in place, but not just leading with the, what I'm good at, because when you, when you lead with that, it's, it's really um, that, you know, it's a competition, right? It's this mindset of scarcity when you lead solely with gifts mm. and what I'm good at. Mm. Uh, when you lead with what you love and what you want, I mean, that's just very, what you love is unique to you. Once you discover and understand it, you might've shut your down, yourself down from that for a while because you just haven't entertained the idea. But look, we're human beings. We all have things that we love and are passionate about if we're really honest with ourselves and, and do the work to explore it. What if you, what you love, you suck at? <laughs> what happens then? I mean, because- I haven't found that to be the you case. You haven't found that? Okay. I haven't found that to be the case. Um, yeah, I don't know if the universe works that way. I don't know if like what you love, you know, maybe you have to develop some gifts, but um, the, I think the world would be a pretty cruel place if what you loved, you were just horrible at, you know? Now I'll say it doesn't always, you know, this is something I work on with too. It's like, follow the resonance, follow the, the love and let it unfold how it's meant to unfold. It might not look the way that you think it's supposed to look or that, you know, the kind of idea and you have in your head. So you got to surrender that a bit too. But if you, if you honestly stick to and align with your personal path of true resonance, um, that's the sole purpose journey. You might just not look the way that you think it's supposed to look in your mind. Now, how do you actually get women to make movement? Is it through classes, through masterminds? Is it one-on-one -on -one coaching? What are you doing to actually affect movement? Yeah. So when I wrote my book and published it in 2018, it was pure, it's, it's part uh, autobiography, but it's part course book. Okay. And I truly, I wrote it and I got it out quickly um, because I felt that I had really um, uncovered something that was unique and different. So uh, if you haven't been able to tell already where I draw from in terms of my approach to soul purpose is a lot of kind of ancient wisdom teachings, right? And um, a lot from, you know, uh, you know, even, you know, kind of yoga or mindfulness types of teachings and approaches. But when you dive into this stuff, there's no like how to, what okay. do I do with this? What okay. do I, you know, what do I sit and do this every day in a very practical, uh, linear fashion? And that was 100% uh, the approach I had actually created for myself and what enabled me to step into my soul purpose journey. And my book is essentially step-by-step -step what you do. It's 12 lessons, how to step oh. into living your soul purpose. And it's, it's a step-by-step hand-holding on that. Uh, I do also teach courses anchored in the book and the teachings are what are really infused to into the retreats and the women's purpose community as well. So where can they find the book? And is that the name of the book? It's the book is dare to believe 12 ah. lessons for living your soul purpose. And it's on ah. Amazon on Amazon. Awesome. And if there are women listening, Jessica, who want to do what you did getting off that treadmill, 
but who are, you know, and feel like, you know, they like it, they like what they do, or they're locked in there because of money or responsibilities or, um, you know, family issues or who knows what, healthcare can be an issue. Um, what are the one or two or three secrets you might tell them about how to switch to what you're doing and, you know, being mindful that, you know, this is hard stuff. It's not that easy. Yeah. It looks easy on the other side sometimes, right? Yeah. And you need prep. Sometimes you have to save money for a year, you know? What are yeah. the real, what are the real honest to God three steps you would have to do or three, three pointers? Yeah. Well, look, I, the first thing I want to say is my journey might not look like yours. I was guided to leap. That's where my heart was guiding me. That might not be where your heart is guiding you. Your heart might be guiding you to keep your job. And if it is going an entrepreneurial route, like I did to really, you know, on the side, be building this business for a couple of years. It's listen right. to, so my, I'm always going to say, you know, first step and whether you need to get in touch with it by adopting a meditation practice uh, or something in that vein, start to get curious because you're very clear. Trust me, if you're listening, what your head is telling you, what that voice of fear, your kind of ego aspect of you is telling you, you're probably less clear on what your heart is guiding you. So start listening to your heart. And you can make that a practice where you just start to observe where you have personal resonance or things you love about things, or you can do something more formal, like a meditation practice. However, if you're being guided, like I was to go the entrepreneurial route, like, yes, make sure that you have, you know, enough money in the bank that you can, you know, support it for the first year of growth. Um, before you make the switch, have a few clients lined up, right? Have your website ready to go and ready to launch, you know, have your materials, your program, your positioning, whatever it is you're doing flushed out and figured out. And, you know, I, again, I think I'm unique. Like I felt very called to leap. Not all of my clients feel that. And I think that's fine. It's take the steps. As long as you're moving in the direction of your purpose that feel okay for you to do, as long as you're taking steps and you're moving in that direction, again, if that's what you're feeling called to do. And how do you, cause this is the, probably the core of what you do, but I just want to make sure my listeners understand this a little bit. What if I, how, what is my heart saying that's different than my brain? How do I know the difference between the two? Well, that, I mean, that, that takes a bit of practice, right? Ah, so, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the practice. So oh, okay. that's not an overnight thing um, that, you know, this is a lifelong journey, right? Of that switch, but you can really take some simple steps, like quite quickly, like I'm saying, just get curious about it. So your head, right? It's all, your kind of ego self. If it's coming from fear, even if it feels very logical, if deep down, you can feel that it's coming from a place of fear that's coming from, you know, your head or your ego, right? So listening to your heart, it's your heart comes to you in the form, the voice of possibility. It feels lighter. It's encouraging. It's not putting you down. It's not telling you things aren't possible. So just start to intend to have awareness and observe the difference between the two. Again, meditation can be a practice that really helps with something like that. When you work with me, I have my clients do a lot of exercises, if you will, that help them get in touch with their heart. So we go back and just understand like, what did they love as a kid, right? Like, what are the things, and I use the word resonance because I think it's a really powerful word. What yeah, are the things that light you up or excite you? That's your heart. 
What feels Uh heavy is like, you know, probably coming from your head. Oh, I love that. Okay. So what excites you versus what feels heavy? Yeah. And be literally be a curious detective about that. What I often say, I'm like, use the notes app in your phone and just start like, like a detective would observing and Mm -hmm. writing down clues. Mm -hmm. I had resonance about this thing today. You know, at work in this meeting, I felt really lit up because this was happening, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I feel really heavy about these things. So just to start to observe and have awareness for the difference. And then, and then you can separate the two and start Start creating a pattern Heart's guiding you and create a pattern. Very interesting. Wow. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. Where can people find you and find your group? Yeah. So it's womenspurposecommunity.com. There's, you know, tons of information on there. If you're interested in joining our community, there's a place you can apply. Um, but yeah, and also has a link to my website on there. So that's the perfect place to go. Awesome. Jessica, thanks so much. This is so interesting. I've done so many interviews and we have not had anybody talk about how to separate that voice in your head and your heart. I love it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be with you. So thank you all for listening to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed learning how to listen to your heart versus your brain um, and how Jessica can separate those two. Very, very interesting concept I've not heard before. I hope that if you enjoyed the podcast, you will subscribe and you will pass this to other friends who are trying to reinvent themselves. As you know, we do more than career reinvention. It's, you know, personal reinvention, spiritual reinvention, health reinvention, any kind of reinvention that you might need. And we use real women who tell you the real practical steps to get there. These are not billionaires, you know, who are on television, who, you know, can call on anybody and get it done for them. (laughs) These are women like you and me. We have to, we have to do it ourselves. And if you're really into reinvention, come on over to the Covey Club. Coveyclub.com is where we publish a lot of stories about reinvention. We also do classes where we talk about different aspects of reinvention and how to position yourself for your new life. You will also meet amazing women if you join who are willing to hold a space for you while you figure out what's next for you. Because sometimes all you need is space and people to believe in you and also people to present a different perspective to you. So come on over to CoveyClub.com, check us out and hope to see you there soon. Take care.